I would uh, just like to point out, uh, you're mine now. You're soft, I'm big and hard. And I will be removing things from your soft little bodies until you agree to do what I want you to do. So rather than hurt you all, and by hurt I mean hurt, let's just do what I say. And improviser Stephen Eric McIntyre shoots on Theater X. It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. I miss you. Shot podcast with me, Ron George Moore. Hi, thanks for listening. Got a great show for you, Stephen Eric McIntyre. If you haven't caught part one of this interview, check it out. Stephen Eric McIntyre shoots on chicken coops. The clip at the beginning of the show, the no budget show, episode nine, puppets, D whale chuck, YouTube channel. A lot of great Manitoba artists on there. A lot of great Manitoba artists on here. The podcast, please share with your friends. We are rolling again. Right on. Part two. Right on. I can't believe there's a part two, Steve. If well, anyone... we haven't even started. I haven't done any acting yet. <laughs> like, I, I, I played a, a, like a sword carrier in Twelfth Night after not getting a Arsenio. <laughs> right. And, you know, like, I had one line that I had to say. Yeah. And Do you remember was, the line at all? Oh, yeah. What, what was it? Your young nephew, Titus. Okay. And there was a few more things, but yeah. I had to point out the young nephew. But every time I went to say it, I'd say Nung Nephew yeah. over and over because I was so nervous about having a line. Right. Can you imagine if I'd gotten Arsenio? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Page one. So you is, definitely felt those butterflies. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. crazy. Right. Like I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Nung Nephew. And Red Skeen said, like, I think we were at dress rehearsal and he said, okay, well, you've got one more rehearsal to get it right. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. But oh. then we did it, and I said, young nephew. <laughs> but also, like, oddly, CKND, back in the day, they came to the UW, and they recorded the whole show. Right, and CKND is a local television network. It was played on New Year's Eve that year. Like, I guess, <laughs> wow. so we would have done it in, like, October, November. Yeah. And it was played New Year's Eve, so I'm there with my parents and my girlfriend and we watched it on CKND and there was a huge close-up of me when I said my line young nephew (laughs) your TV debut (laughs) yeah my face filled the screen right on so anyway you're like I need some more of that yeah yeah I need Ah, some more I like this right I like this and you right from that production you liked it and you wanted to do more and more 
Well, actually, what happened was I was like, you didn't have to be in the UW as a registered student to audition for the productions. Oh. And I wasn't digging it at the time anyway. And so voluntary withdrawal happened like right at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And so I just withdrew. Yeah. Because I thought, I'll just, uh, I can be part of this theater stuff. Yeah. And I don't have to go to theater school to be part of it. Wow. Really? And so I dropped out. Mm-hmm. And then, but that's when I met, like I said, Jeff Hirschfield, Brian Hart, um, Howard Schmidt, Rob Slade. Yeah. And so Brian Hart and Jeff Hirschfield and Howard started Theater X. So we're going to do a sketch comedy show. So they put up auditions at the UW. Yeah. Rob Slade and I were the only two guys who showed up. Oh. For the audition. And did you know Rob? I met him. He was he played Fabio in Twelfth Night. Oh, okay. That's where I met him. That was the first yeah. time you've ever yeah. interacted with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was hilarious. He was great in the part. Right. But anyways, we got to be good friends. And I actually ended up, he had a little shack in uh, St. James, Westwood. And it had oil heating, like an oil tank behind the house. That's how old the little shack oh, it was. Yeah. But he wanted a roommate, so I moved in with him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow, how long and were you we didn't know each other? Oh, a few years. A few years. But it was like, so all the theater parties happened at the Shelley Shack. Because <laughs> it was on Shelley Street. Yeah. And that's how we often paid for our oil, our food, and our rent, was turning in the empties. Yeah, and that's by hosting all the parties. For sure. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Rob and I show up. They give me 17 rolls. Yeah. They give Rob 18 rolls because he was better than me. Mm-hmm. But then they decide, no, no, we're not going to do this show without a whole bunch more people. Yeah, okay. But then Theater X expanded, brought in Joy Beauchamp. After after the first show? or or We didn't do it yet. Oh, we didn't even do it. Okay. Yeah. And then um, Brian Drader, Joy Beauchamp, Marion Bernstein, Sheldon Fink, Mm -hmm. uh, Darcy Adams. Ah, If I forget anybody, I apologize. Right. Then Jeff... And Brian took a bunch of their sketches and then wrote a play called The Choking Puppet. The Choking Puppet. Yeah. So we did, we did a sketch show at the Planetarium. Okay. And it was, we had fun. But uh, then, under Theater X. Under Theater X. Yeah. And then we did The Choking Puppet. And it was a play. Basically, it took a bunch of sketches, but then they actually filled out a real play. Mm-hmm. And we, again, we did that at the UW. Right. I played Bob, guy who lived in a back alley. Right. Uh, eating out of dumpsters, and he entertained himself uh, by making twist-tie figurines and doing shadow puppetry. Okay, there's the puppet aspect. But the, well, that was one part of the puppet aspect, but the real puppet was the lead guy, and I'm not going to remember his name, mm-hmm. um, he had a puppet that he talked to. Yeah. And so that was Monica Dufault. Oh. So she was in, like, he was walking around with a puppet on his hand, yeah. And she was in this uh, monstrosity they designed, and she was up there being the voice of the puppet and the face of the puppet, even though the puppet's in his hand. Right, right. And uh, so we do the play, and again, Red Skeen. Like, we're doing it in a studio theater at the UW. Okay. okay. Which means, like, the audience is a foot away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, one, what's the capacity? If, uh, 40, 30. 40, okay. And but we filled it every night, and Ann Hodges, the great director, Ann Hodges, Ann Hodges was our stage manager, and this is Wayne Nicholas, Michael Spencer Davis, like the biggest act, you know, like everybody who had anything to do with theater X, yeah, if they're still alive, miss you, Wayne, is still in the business, right? Every right. one of us, like. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty incredible that yeah. everyone from one that little year. group yeah. continued on and was yeah. able to like forge a successful exactly. career. So then we do the choking puppet, and so I finished our first show. I leave. I'm. I don't know if you know, but you know, I'm cutting through. I'm going downstairs to get cleaned up because I had ketchup on me and stuff. And right. and Red Scheme chased me down, and said it was the best acting performance he'd seen in years. Wow. And that again. And you dropped out. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm still in. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to quit. So then I auditioned for a play called David and Lisa, which ended up starring Jeff Hirschfield. 
yeah. as David, and I played a, it was a bunch of kids in a group home. Yeah. I played a Puerto Rican kid, right. and Gerald Glenton directed it. And again, I went to the audition as a joke. Like, I was just like, you guys, what? Because now I know all these theater students, mm-hmm. and I'm not in theater anymore. Right. Not, and they're all so wound up about it. I'm like, you guys, just get up and say the words. Yeah. But it was so, more for you, because you were getting yeah. positive feedback. Yeah. So, But I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't invested in it that way. I thought this is just going to be fun for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's okay. just a way to meet people and have fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't think it's, you know, some sort of description of me as a person or mm-hmm. you know should I have a career right. you know like none of that mattered so I guess it was easy for me that way I didn't care okay and okay. so I went up and I read for the character and I got the part right and my friends were all just like fuck yeah <laughs> you know like <laughs> they're all in school yeah yeah, yeah. this you guy's know? coming from just, off the streets yeah. and taking all the good roles so yeah so then uh <laughs> We did that. We did Theater X for a few years. And then what happened is uh, Jeff and Brian had run out of material. Yeah. And then they said to us one night at a Theater X thing at the UW, and they just said, well, you guys write stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the room's like, well, we're not writers. You're the writers. Yeah. Yeah. You're the reason we got together. Right, right. And so then I just went, okay, well, fuck you guys. And we did the next show without them. And that's when we started improv. You did the next show without them. Yeah. Still under the Theater X yeah. banner. And, and were they okay with that? Oh, yeah. They thought we were going to fail. But we just hit it with improv. Kyle McCullough joined us. And uh, Ellen Peterson. Oh, that's Ellen Peterson's original Theater X person. Oh, okay. Playwright. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we started improvising. And we did improvised soap opera. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just, that's how we got started in improv. So how did the improv come into play? Like, because improv was just getting its legs back in, yeah. in, 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 we just went you know, like back in the day. We had, uh, cause you weren't doing any improv before no, that. No, we never, none of us. Not even in the school? Like no. in the university? They I were hadn't, using it? or oh, okay. maybe they did. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we just did it and we figured out a thing and the gas station theater had just opened. You're doing the shows at the gas station. Yeah, all our shows were at the gas station theater. Because right. you originally had Planetarium yeah. at Theater X. You One show the... and then everything at the gas station theater right. after that. Much better and yeah. bigger backstage. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. And the magic was Todd Drader. Because Todd Drader was the technical director. Mm-hmm. And Todd Drader can take a light out on a improv sketch like nobody's business. Yeah. And like he knows when to stop that. So we figured out a very simple system... And, you know, we watched other improv companies. Like, we, we did a show with Second City with Mike Myers. You ended did? Up, really? Yeah. And, wow. and Ended up at the Royal Albert with Mike Myers crying into his standards. Get out of here! Because, yeah, he thought, uh, he thought like, how in the world, they're, like, they're Second City from Toronto. Yeah. They come to Winnipeg, they do a show with us, and we kick their ass. <laughs> and so Mike Myers is like, if these guys from Winnipeg are going to kick our ass, what am I doing? Right, And right. he's like, I'm like, get over it, bro. <laughs> you made him question his whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and we're at the Royal Albert, and he's drinking standard. It's just hilarious. Amazing. So anyway, we we succeeded at the improv for a while. Oh, getting back to Todd, uh, like, did you so, know Todd before uh, uh, the gas station? Well, yes, because his older brother, Brian, used to run the food and beverage at Cinnaboy Downs, yeah. And Todd was the comptroller at Assiniboia Downs. And Rob Slade, myself, we all worked at Assiniboia Downs because of Brian. Mm-hmm. And that's how we knew Todd. And what were you doing there? Oh, like he, food and beverage. So I was a bartender. Todd was a comptroller, so he was taking care of the money every day. Oh, okay. Rob yeah. had been working there for years, like probably from a popcorn stand to the bar. Like we all worked there. For sure. And okay. we all worked with Brian. Brian was busy at the time. Um, getting like 4.8 at the U of M business school and driving a red Trans Am, the only one in Winnipeg. Like, you know, like it was just... Making heads turn. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a crazy... So it was good. You already had a working relationship with uh, Todd when uh, you went to the gas station. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we did that for a while. And then uh, Theater X sort of called it a day. We did a couple more sketch shows and stuff. But was there ever like the big finale show or it just no, kind of fizzled? it just kind of petered yeah. in different directions. And then we did Possible Nudity, which was Brian Hart, Rob Slade, 
Colin McCullough, myself, Larry mm-hmm. Swanson, Doug Baggett. Mm-hmm. And it was because Brian Hart had a show at MTC where there was possible nudity. It's in, so they write that in your contract. And that's where we got the name from. <laughs> he was doing a show at MTC. Like yeah, a, where he had to take his production. Yeah, where he had to take his clothes off. <laughs> so there's possible nudity. Right. But like, and, would that be on the poster? Like, yeah. So warning the audience, hey, yeah. just so you know. And so, and in, in his contract, and but when he told us this, we just laughed so hard. Thought it was such a great name for improv for an improv group. Yeah. So that's when we started possible it's gonna, nudity. Going to bring in the people you want to yeah, come. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's only possible. Sucking some skin. Yeah. It's only possible. <laughs> We're not guaranteeing nothing. And possible nudity was improv. Yeah. Just pure, improv. Pure, but pure mean improv. Like we were, we were like hardcore. If I heard you, even remotely go to a, a gimmick you'd done before, a character you'd done before, I'd call you out on it right in front You're of the audience. on each other. Yeah. Like crazy. Wow. I remember Kyle McCullough saying to me, like, if your dad, you know, if I, if this log is going to turn into one more sad story about how your dad didn't love you, you know, like <laughs> that's the way we were to each other. Right. And you're calling out like the hooks and things yeah. that you're just yeah. uh, maybe not even knowing that right. you're bringing on stage. Repeatedly. And you're about to do it. Yeah. And then, so we, we would never repeat anything. And we like, we kicked some serious arse. Mm-hmm. Like we wow. went to Edmonton, our first friend, first Edmonton Fringe that we, I'd heard about it. I applied, we went. Yeah. And we just, we sold out every show. Everybody was just mental for us. And Edmonton's a big improv city. And so we're sitting in the Strathcona with the kids in the hall. Really? And they're going, how do you guys do this? Like, (laughs) oh, that's amazing. But then Brian Hart quit us and joined them. (laughs) So, ah, that's so then how it the all, connection that, is right there. Spins. It was Edmonton. Yeah, and then the uh, and then uh, Brian Hart ended up writing for Kids in the Hall, and then going from Kids in the Hall to uh, the John Stewart show and writing for that. The, uh, wow! And then his and talk he, show because he yeah, had a talk show yeah, before. Yeah, yeah the John and Stewart. then ended up executive producer of Mad TV. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. a guy from a part the Eaton Parkade in Winnipeg, is where I met him. The Parkade? Well, that's where he was working. I met him at the UW. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought you were going to say, because that was a big thing, to go down to the right. Parkade, drink no. on the roof in the no, summer. No, but that's why he <laughs> could write sketches, because he's just sitting in a little booth yeah. at, in, in the Parkade, and he's writing sketches while he's pumping cars out. Yeah, exactly. Hitting that button. Uh, so, especially since there wasn't a lot of uh, improv the way it is now. Like, no. There's so many troops, there's so many formats, but back then, you showing up. What was the format in Edmonton when you were there? Uh, we just did the four of us walk out and away we go. It was just, it was just yes. kind of long form. Take a suggestion. Uh, we would do shorts, shorts, short shorts. scenes. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, just very intense, like intense improv, mm-hmm. but it was because we were intense on each other of and everybody was so good. Yeah. Like just so good that people just ate it up. Like, <laughs> right. And did you end up going back? Like you were, oh, yeah, we went for a couple more year. years, but mm-hmm. you know, the first year was the one. Because, you know, like back then, your stage, the only rule the Fringe had was your stage manager had to be sitting at the table when your tickets go on sale. Okay. Because they hand you cash Mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. There was none of this advanced tickets and malarkey and, you know, so basically that was the only rule. So Wayne Buss was our stage manager. So off he went. Yeah. Oh, okay. So off he went. Our hotel was right beside our space. We're at the commercial hotel. We phoned that at a payphone outside Edmonton when we got there. Rooms were 13 bucks a night, oh 15 if you wanted a private washroom. Like, it was just insane. <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, those are the days. Holy and anyway, um, Wayne leaves. And then, like, 10 minutes later, like, we're putting our suit. We like to dress up. So we all had nice suits and stuff. On stage, that was kind yeah, of the that thing. Yeah, like, because I always said with improv, you got nothing else. Mm-hmm. So dress nice. Yeah. So the audience has something to look at. You know, like I see, you know, I see one more improv troupe of four guys in black t-shirts and I'm like, (laughs) whatever, man, I'm bored already. I don't care how magnificent you are. Yeah. Give me something. Like I wore a beautiful blue rayon suit. Mm -hmm. Slade was always three or four layers of stuff. And Kyle, like Kyle McCullough, he was a suit man. Really? He wore cuff pants and big, beautiful floor shine shoes. Right. Brian Hardy, he was always kind of into like... 
like lab coats. <laughs> but anyway, but we did, we dressed, you know, so, so anyway, we we're dressing and then knock at the hotel door, open the door and it's Wayne. Yeah. And me, like I'm the sort of de facto organizer, I start yelling, Wayne, you're supposed to be at the, but we go, shut up. Yeah. And he throws like $500 in cash onto the bed. And he goes, we sold out in five minutes. Wow. And they just did that. They did the paperwork right there at the table, mm-hmm. handed you your cash. Mm-hmm. So then you go and you, when you hit the show, like you're just feeling like gangbusters, Matt. Exactly. I'm and surprised they paid you before. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you but it's your money, your show. Took the money and run. Yeah, like it was, but that's why it was just so much more fun back then. Because like, imagine like two or 3,000 actors with cash in their pockets Yeah, at a festival. Yeah, right. Not broke, mm-hmm. not waiting 10 days to get a, a bit of money. Yes, yeah, so you can hang you know, in the beer tent. Yeah, <laughs> and beer tents were packed and fun and everybody's got cash. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and if, and if you spend all your cash, well, you get a show tomorrow, you get yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anyways, it was just a ball of fun back then. And were you doing, you were doing Winnipeg, I assume, as well? Winnipeg no, Fringe? Winnipeg hadn't started yet. Oh, it was, well, really? Yeah. It was Edmonton. Edmonton was the only fringe in Canada. Before the Winnipeg Fringe. Oh, yeah. Well, I helped, like, Larry DeRoche. I was the very first Winnipeg Fringe. I organized a parade that went from the... uh, The parade. (laughs) It went from the Parliament Building, or what's it called? It's a joint with the Golden Boy. (laughs) It went from there all the way up Broadway to Maine, Maine to Portage in Maine. Yeah. Turned... East on Portage in Maine, went around the corner, past the Royal Albert, yeah. and then surrounded Old Market Square. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I got, I don't know, it was Larry's idea or something, but I remember I was in Kathy Clune's car driving at the end of the parade, mm-hmm. playing, um, you know, like... Oh, this is, I thought it was a walking... I was involved no. my first year in a oh. parade. It was a walking parade. I don't remember yeah. vehicles, though, but... Oh, we had vehicles, a- and what I did is I put the call out to anybody who's got prepared floats <coughs> I had stilt walkers we were live on <sighs> midday yeah. midday went live from Toronto mm-hmm. they had the cameras and they were like so I had all the big brightest stuff at the front and all the stilt walkers and yeah wow yeah wow. oh yeah lots of floats like we had surrounded the building and it was perfect place to load from anyway and then I was going to follow the parade with Brian Drader in Kathy's car, playing bagpipe music on her stereo as loud as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we're just getting in the car, and I look, and the float from the Boys and Girls Club is still sitting there. They didn't leave yet. Oh, shit. They didn't fill into their spot. Uh-huh. So I jump out of the car. I run over. I'm like, go, go. Yeah. Well, then the guy driving the float, he starts going, but there's speed bumps. So I'm watching little kids bounce on this float. <laughs> And I'm like, don't oh go and gosh. kill the kids. No. That's the we last don't thing you see want. that live on CBC. Yeah, yeah. But then we, so that was the last float. And then we went in the car and followed. But I remember as we were turning onto Portage, just before we went into Old Market Square, mm-hmm. seeing Larry, Stephen Shipper, a bunch of people right at the, you know, like the TD building, I guess. And just this beaming. Because, like, we attracted some freaking attention. Yeah, yeah. You had you the know, cameras there, TV, Live midday. You yeah. know, like, it was just, it was a big deal for Winnipeg. For sure. Yeah, and yeah. And they never asked me back. <laughs> Story of my life. What year was that? Do you remember? I can't remember. Like, eight, 80s. Late 80s? Late 80s, uh, yeah. yeah. But it was like, that was the year we did Mine of the Iguana. Mm-hmm. We did... Oh, that uh, was the first? Yeah. The first uh, production of the Fringe? Yes. Mine of the, Mine Mine of the Iguana is sort of the... It was under the Theater X banner, because it was... Laura Schroeder, Bonnie Hay, like all people from Theater X. Yeah. That's another person. Bonnie Hay was in Theater X. Oh. Fabulous improviser. Like, just watching her and Wayne Buss improvise, I'm telling you, oh, the best. But um, And he moved to the technical side of things. He's been doing productions. uh, And he also directed Mind of the Iguana. Great director. Oh, cool, cool. Mind of the Iguana, you said that's kind of under the Theater X banner. Yeah. But uh, possible nudity... Uh, has already happened, right? Like, it's kind uh, of it's, in the middle? It's about to start. Oh, okay, it hasn't. So it's, oh, no, wait. Yeah, of course it's already started because we were in Edmonton before yeah, Winnipeg. That's right. 
but it's probably winding down by this point. Right. And or else it, we would have done a possible nudity show in the Fringe. Ah. But instead we did a Theater X show. We called it a Lunia Night. And that's all we charged. We were in the Chinese Cultural Center yeah. every night at midnight for a dollar. Right. And the place was packed every night. And people, like the audience in the blackout before the show, would start snapping their fingers. Wow. But then, or if any of us were involved in other shows, uh-huh. audience members, as soon as they saw you, as soon as, in the blackout, they'd start snapping their fingers. <laughs> Like we theater X own that fringe. Yeah, the audience is also as like-minded yeah. as the performers in, right. in a sense, right? Everyone's kind of going off each right. other. Everyone, well, and the idea else. then, right? Like a buck, a buck a night. Improv fans were coming every night. They saw every show. Mm-hmm. They didn't just come and see one. They saw eight. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was only a buck, and it was at midnight. And at the time, nobody else was doing midnight. Right. <laughs> like, why would you? Exactly. You think that's by now that's, that's the that's the night you want. That's the time you want. But back then, people are like midnight. Yeah. On a Tuesday, who's going to come? Well, two hundred and thirty-eight <laughs> people for a buck. Exactly. Yeah, but that's pretty. We decent. had a ball. And then, um, so after the Winnipeg Fringe started, did you uh, go to back to Edmonton or travel to any other cities uh, for the Fringe? No, no, uh, we didn't do much traveling at all. We went back uh, to Edmonton with Easter Eggs that Brian and I wrote. Easter Eggs? Easter Eggs, yeah. And that's a play? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I also I did, the next year I did a play I wrote uh, called Tree Houses. I wrote myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, actually... Uh, one person show or was that uh, No, Brian? that was a big one. Rob Slade, Ron Jenkins, uh, Nadia Litz. Wow. Uh, oh, a woman, I'm going to forget her name. Directed by Joey Beauchamp. It was a... Great show. Right. Anyway, we, we did Martha Little. No, not Martha Little. Martha, it'll come to me. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the guy who was running the Edmonton Fringe saw Easter eggs in Winnipeg and said, you got to bring it. Oh, shit. No way. And they also, when he saw mine of the iguana, he said, you got to bring it. We didn't, we didn't apply. We weren't already in the festival. <clears throat> right. He just saw the shows and said, worked his... Artistic director magic. <laughs> For sure. And so it's suddenly, good that you're in demand, yeah. especially you've been to Edmonton a yeah. few times Well, Adrian Clarkson uh, put us on her show back then. She had her own art show. The CBC yeah, show. something. Yeah. yeah. And so she had Mind of the Iguana from Edmonton on her show. Wow. Yeah. And Mind of the Iguana, let's, let's remind everyone what it's about. It's, it was your first show at the Fringe. Yeah. And it was Winnipeg an ensemble. Fringe. Oh, the was, Winnipeg yeah. Fringe. I played an iguana. Yeah. Uh, Laura Schroeder was my owner. Yeah. Uh, Brian Drader was a guy who moved in across the hall, and Bonnie Hay was a chick he picked up at the bar. Right, and something that you wrote, or was a collaborative uh, effort? Me and Brian Drader. Mm-hmm. Like, Brian Drader and I wrote together quite a bit. Oh, okay. But, uh, so that one was, uh, one day I see a story in the Free Press, and the Free Press used to run a story above the front, you know, like where it says Winnipeg Free Press. Yeah. There always used to be a little story on the front page at the top, yeah. and it was something always quirky. So there was a story about a hydro guy going into a closed apartment building. Yeah. He's walking along and he sees something running towards him, thinks it's a cat or something. Yeah. But then as it gets to him, it jumps up the wall, runs around him and disappears. And it was an iguana. And I was like, okay, I was an iguana. End up running around in an abandoned building. Yeah, in Winnipeg. So that's where the play came from. Ah, just one little headline inspires yeah. 60 minutes of fun. Yeah, oh, and it was fun. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, and I did, you know, no green makeup or anything. I was just like, I wore a pair of black jeans and I dragged myself, like, I just laid my legs behind me and yeah. dragged myself around on my arms. <laughs> no expression, no nothing. Just Right, you got into the mind of yes. the iguana. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. And good, good. Do you pay attention to the reviews? Like, as yeah. far as, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, because they matter. Yeah, especially because okay. uh, I know at the well, fringe, fringe, especially, you yeah. get a good review, you poster yeah. it all over the place, exactly. right? Like, it was like when we were doing Easter eggs in, in Edmonton, we hadn't had a review. And then, uh, you know, so things were okay, but not great. Mm-hmm. But then uh, one morning, uh, we had Globe and Mail, The Journal, The Sun, like, and all glowing reviews. They come, they had, what does Globe and Mail call us, like, uh, 
uh, Beckett, like, you know, like we had just wow. fab and suddenly boof, you couldn't buy a ticket to it. Yeah, yeah. You're getting a reputation in Edmonton. So right. uh, as far as the other actors and improvisers, were you able to, did you relate well with them? Was uh, West Borg. Joe Byrne, that's Neil right, Grant, right. three dead like, trolls in a bag here from Edmonton. Yes, and like uh, we met them, I think like uh, Rob Slade and I actually introduced them at an event at the Rendezvous. The Rendezvous, okay. Yeah. And they were doing an improv show there, and it was a big show, a bunch of different acts and stuff. Same thing at yeah. the Fringe. Yeah. Uh, no, like uh, this was a separate thing. I don't know what we were fundraising for or something. Right. But they had brought them in. Okay. So Rob and I introduce them like we did our own set but we introduced them and uh that's how we got to be pals and we were good pals and kathleen roots art and mm-hmm. so um but yeah so westborg goes to do the first big stupid improv show in edmonton that's and, that's where it all started the yeah, big stupid very I know stupid. it's huge yeah. in winnipeg yeah. fringes but for it years. started there and i was the only one nobody knew like west knew me Mm-hmm. Joe had nothing to do with the show. He wanted nothing to do with it. Joe, Joe did. Joe Bird. Okay. He Joe didn't Bird. like improv very much. <laughs> he was good at it, but it wasn't his bag. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, nobody knew me. And uh, we go to do the first show. And my character sold his soul to the devil, like, early on in the show. Mm-hmm. So I have no soul left. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you know, Big Stupid Improv, basically, they, it's like a huge ensemble show. Yeah, there was like 12 of us. 12 of you. And uh, was it, were people directing it? Yeah. People, yeah. So like one of the improvisers will direct the scenes and where to go and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right. So all the, the number one improvisers are in the show. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows me. Wes knows me. That's it. Yeah. But he brings me in because I'm his pal. And I'm living in Calgary at the time. So, so I sell my soul to the devil. Nobody listens. Nobody heard that. So then we get to the end of the show and the character needs to be rescued. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, like, ask God. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. And so you got all these improvisers who don't like the word no. And they're like, you have to. And I go, I can't. I'm looking at them like, did you listen? <laughs> Were you paying attention? God and I are not friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be any God's going to, he's going to kill her outright. Yeah. If I ask, if I, you know, if I lobby on her behalf. Right, right, right. So anyway, I tried to, you know, 18 different ways to let them know it had to be somebody else. And I offered it up 18 different offers. Anyways. Yeah. Somebody else finally took it. We rescued her. Show's over. Audience had a great time. They loved watching me struggle. They all heard. They knew I couldn't do it. Right, right. Like, they knew it. Yeah. Like, they kept laughing when these people would go, you go to talk to God. And then the audience would burst out laughing. But these improvisers can't figure out why the audience is laughing. Yeah. But it's because they weren't paying attention to anything I had done. And they don't know your training ground yeah. with uh, possible nudity. Yeah. Because they, as I said, it was like hard. Yeah. They, you'd be calling out uh, yeah. other people for yeah. doing that type. Yeah, of yeah. Thing. if you missed out that somebody dies from smelling mussels and you offer them a bowl of mussels, you know, <laughs> then we call you on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like so, we hit the dressing room. Fuck, man, I was swarmed. Like improvisers, you can't block like that. You can't say no. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, whatever, I get my coat, I leave. <laughs> I'm sitting down and I just, you know, I didn't even respond to any of them. And then Wes comes and finds me on White Ave somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what? And I go, I sold my soul the start of the show. Yeah. But your friends couldn't bother to listen to my story because yeah. they're only on their own stories. I didn't do wrong. You guys did wrong. You left me hanging. Frick you. Tell them all, <laughs> fuck off. Steve says, fuck off. See you tomorrow. Because we got <laughs> 10 more shows to do. So the next day, we get, we're at the show. Nobody's talking to me before the show. We go out. Mm-hmm. and they, So like, the they, word got back. Yeah. They, they introduce <laughs> you know, us all at the start. And I go, I want to be introduced last. Yeah. And so they go, okay. So they introduce everybody and they're getting their applause and stuff. They introduce me last and I go, okay, everybody in the audience, stand up. 
So everybody stands up because mm-hmm. I'm in charge. Right. I go, okay, if you've seen, you know, if you've had an improv workshop, you ever done improv before, sit down. So lots of people sit down because it's Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. And it's an, you're at an improv show. <laughs> For sure. So, you know, like easily 60% of the audience is... And I narrow it down to... I go, so you've never seen an improv show before. Yeah. Never done a workshop. Don't know anything about improv. Mm. Don't know any of the rules. Right. Okay, you're with me. And this woman just let me boss her right out of the audience. She, 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 right up on stage. And I go, wow. you're with me for the whole show. Wow. And everybody, all the improvisers are freaking out. They're like, boo. She <laughs> knows, she doesn't know the rules. Right. Doesn't know, you can't say no. She doesn't know, you can't, you know, like. And who would, th- would think to even bring an audience yeah. member up and join you? And show the people that it's not the rules. Improv is not rules. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's freedom. It's fun. Yeah. It's, and so anyway, so her and I had our own separate storyline. We ran along through this whole show. She <laughs> stuck with me the whole way. Yeah. She must have said no to me 30 times. I would just give her another idea. Yeah. Another offer, 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 offer till she accepted one. Right. <clears throat> Which is what it's all about. And at the end, she took a bow. And the audience gave her a standing ovation. Oh, they were totally on her side the whole way. I and mean, then the director yeah. came to me after and he went, that was magical. Really? She was magic. Yeah. And I went, yeah. Because she doesn't know the rules. Everybody else is beetling out of the joint as fast as they can. Yeah. No reefers being smoked. No beers being cracked. <laughs> no celebration. All these improvisers are running like hell. Because yeah. I just rubbed your faces in it for an hour and a half. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that's it's- where my one man improvising show started. Right. Where I just went, you know what? I don't care how many people say no to me. Mm-hmm. I'll make you get up. I'll make sure that you don't know what you're doing. And I'll help you do it. Now, that is something that evolved to uh, the uh, Improv Supper Club. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now, uh, were you doing, did, in between those two uh, productions, were you doing oh, solo I did lots improv of those shows? Solo yeah? improv oh, shows, really? Yeah. yeah, with Gas Station? Yeah, Gas Station and. Uh, yeah. But it became a regular yeah. Monday weekly event. Yes. At the Toad on Main. Toad on Main, and it was great. And, and then to Toad in the Hole. Yeah. We were doing it there yeah. as well. And yeah, it was. It was great. That's, I went to uh, lots of those shows, and it was uh, you were hosting, and then you'd have other people hosting yeah. for an hour in the same evening. Mikhail Dusky, uh, Rob McLaughlin. Rob McLaughlin. I know uh, I did one or two. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, Devin McCracken, like... Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Rob Slade, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was most important. It was the people. Yeah. You know, and it was like, the exact same format. You just... Anybody wanted to come up and do a scene, a five-minute, ten-minute scene, just yeah. come up and step that's into the it. shoes. Get in the shoes know? and get at her. Yeah. And it's great. I, it's, you know, Lee White does it now. Mm-hmm. Has been doing it for like a decade now. Yeah, friend of and the show, he Lee White. loves it. Yeah, we love Lee. Yeah, we love Lee, and he loves doing that show. Yeah. You know, because it is like people, people will just say the craziest things because they're full of adrenaline. Like, you know, like I remember guys like, guy has me up in the air. He's got his arms around my hips and he has me up in the air and I'm like whispering to him because I don't want to embarrass him. Yeah. I'm like, just put me down. Just put me down and we'll go on. (laughs) Just put me down. (laughs) You know, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Because they're just... You got to have your guard up. You don't know what's coming. Oh, yeah. With people who don't have any kind of stage training at all and don't know how to hold yeah. back, hold back that adrenaline, you know? Yeah. What other, what other productions oh, were you uh, in? Best Little Restaurant in the World. Oh, yeah. That was oh. an M- MTC? Uh, Warehouse Frames. Warehouse. That's, yeah. Warehouse. Karen I saw Hamm that one. directed. That was great. What a cast. Huge ensemble, too. Oh. Brilliant ensemble. Oh. The best of the best actors yeah. in that the show. Best. Yeah. Yeah, the best of the best. How many of you wrote, Steve? How, how many uh, plays, productions? 10, 12. Wow. Um, and of course, while you're doing that, you're also acting. You got a uh, huge film and TV uh, credits on IMDb. Uh, Lonesome Dove was the first one I see yeah, there. We went, uh, Lonesome Dove was shooting in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Brian Hart and uh, Kyle McCullough were both in LA. So I was going, I was going to actually. There was a there's a 24 hour playwriting competition at Alberta Theater Projects, so I was going to Calgary to do that. Yeah. And then I was going to leave there, go to Vancouver, sell my truck, 
and then go down to LA and join Brian and Kyle. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, so I did the the twenty four hour playwriting thing, and um, so you do it Friday, Saturday. On Sunday, they announced the winner. The winner was two tickets anywhere in the world. Air Canada flies. Yeah, and I got three first place votes four second place votes and the winner got four first place votes and three second place votes oh so they got the two tickets here anywhere in canada flies i got uh, a weekend at emerald lodge <laughs> somewhere which in- i gave to my uncle and aunt okay somewhere in alberta or something <laughs> but on my way to visit them actually on the sunday the clutch melted in my truck Mm-hmm. Like my, the truck went from 80 to 20 without me doing fuck all. Oh, fuck. And so that's it. So the truck's dead, can't afford to fix it, sold to a mechanic, moved to Calgary. Because I can't go anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So that's how I ended up in Calgary. So then Lonesome Dove had just started shooting. Oh. I had no movie experience at the time or TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd auditioned for Lonesome Dove and didn't get anything. But then one day I'm just sitting there. And I get a phone call, and they go, can you work today? And I went, oh, yeah. And they said, okay, a van will be there in 10 minutes. Right. And it pulled up. I got in. Yeah. Went to the set. And uh, what happened was a guy from L.A. had been cast in a role, but he showed up with, like, purple hair. <laughs> you can't do that. It's, it's a Western film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a Western, you idiot. Like, it's not black and white. Yeah, you know, like maybe the hat can cover it, yeah. but if the hat comes off, yeah. every scene's ruined. You're fucked. So, so I got his part, <laughs> and I swear it's because they, you know, they just went down the list, yeah. and I was the first one who picked up it's the phone. All timing. Yeah, you just happened to be at the phone. So yeah, so then I ended up doing um, like three or four characters for two or three scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, like one, you know, and. Rode horses, got killed. Yeah. And how long were you in uh, Calgary? Ten years. Ten years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And were, you were getting good well, was uh, yeah. film like TVs? We did a remake of High Noon with uh, Turner Broadcasting, and I got the same yeah. role that Lee Van Cleef had in the original. Yeah. Pierce, it says. Yeah. Here. Pierce. Jim yeah. Pierce. Yeah. And it was, again, the same thing was because uh, I was auditioning for, like, the bartender. Mm-hmm. And we're at, at the top floor of a hotel in Calgary. And these, these are Australian producers and, you know, Atlanta, pretty, like it was, it was big. Right. So I go in, I read a few lines for uh, the bartender, and then a producer from the back of the room says, uh, so you got all this Lonesome Dove credits, yeah. and you ride a horse. And I go, nope. <laughs> you, you couldn't ride a horse? No. You're shot on a horse. Yeah. I, that's, I get him time <laughs> to a horse. What? Sorry? What'd you say? Like, I can't ride a horse. But they like, have there's you... a difference between sitting on a horse and riding a horse. And so I said to the guy, no, I can't. And he gets mad. He goes, but all these... I go, I can sit on it. Yeah. You can tie me to a saddle. Right. But I don't ride. Like, I'm not a rider. Yeah. Like, you're, you're going to be disappointed if I do that. Right. And the guy goes, go outside, don't leave. Mm-hmm. I go outside... I wait, and then a assistant comes out, gives me the lines for Pierce, and says, learn them, and as soon as you're ready, knock on the door, Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So I go, and I get, like, one of the leads. Sweet. And the guy said it's because 3,000 actors lied to him, saying they could ride. Oh, for sure. So then, so I get it. So I, like, I, have, I had a scene where I had to come down a, a hill through a herd of longhorns, Galloping, yeah, and uh, the the wrangler comes to me. And he goes, "Just don't do anything with the reins. Just the horse doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah, the cows don't want to get hurt. They're all going to part each other's ways. Yeah. You just don't mess it up by telling them where to go, right? Because you don't know which way to go, yeah. and you're no good at this, right? And I go, "No, I'm not." Right, right. And he goes, "Okay, just let the horse do it." Yeah. And the horse did it. The scene's beautiful. The like horse I was, acted phenomenal. I'm rocking. Yeah. Like I look rocking coming down that hill through those longhorns. <laughs> and then, uh, but then like Michael Madsen shows up. He's playing the heavy villain. In high noon. Yeah. Okay. So he says he can ride. So we're about to do we get massive crane shot, massive. We got 
We're five of us. We're going to ride into town together. We're going to scare everyone just by the way we're riding. Yeah. So Michael Madsen's sitting on his horse. All of a sudden, his horse takes off. And you look, and he's got one arm over here and one arm over there with a rein in each arm, and he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and, like, the outrider's got to come flying in to stop him before he breaks his neck. Yeah. And he can't ride. Right. So he lied. And that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. Be so instead, that so they, they took these outriders, pushed us all together, my knees in Michael Madsen, the back of Michael Madsen's knee, then somebody else's knees in the back of mine. Yeah. It was so a trick. Five horses come riding in together, but the two guys on the outside are controlling the speed and the uh, distance and yeah, the path. Right. But it's not the same. No. It looks like a five headed beast. <laughs> so anyway, I I was happy I told him the truth and yeah. It worked out. And then, uh, yeah, you were on North of 60, yeah. which is a... a that was hilarious. Like, I had, speaking of hair, I'm a head of an RCMP SWAT team, but I had hair like I have right now, like down to my shoulders. Yeah. So I come in there, they shave it all off, right. give me a brush cut, yeah. and then they put a helmet on me and I never took it off. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get to see. What the fuck? But anyway, it was great. Yeah, well, they, they, they all need to do their yeah. jobs, you know? And then you start working on a bear named Winnie. Yeah. Falcon Beach was, yeah. was, was a huge oh, thing yeah, here. Big motorcycle thing for me. Uh, the Big White, which was yeah. the Robin Williams movie. Yeah. yeah, which was so much fun. Like, we only had, we had two small scenes in it, me and Jeff Skinner. But they were both with Robin Williams and Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah? yeah? It was hilarious. It was just so much fun. Really? And, like, the second part of the scene, we actually, they brought Jeff and I to freaking Alaska. And all we had to do was take this body dummy and throw it in the trunk of a car. That's it? That was, was like a pickup yeah. scene? Yeah. And they took <laughs> us to Alaska for it. Can you even see your face? No. Like in the shot? No, because oh, the hood of the trunk is in the way. But hell, good, but, good oh, time. Good oh, chance. God, we had a great what time. What did you think of Alaska? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah? It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you're in uh, Gangland Undercover, which is yeah. uh, an amazing series. I watched it recently. Uh, how did you find the experience working? Well, with? it was fabulous because, of course, like in season one, I died like episode three out of six episodes. Yeah. So my character's dead, and I'm like, oh, I die? Because you don't find out when they cast you. You don't find out till you're doing readings in the room. They go, oh, I die? Oh, shit. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> but then when they go to season two, they brought me to Toronto for a special meeting yeah. and said, if you change your look, we'll give you the lead character in season two. Yeah, that's crazy. So I went, I know. So I went from super long hair and a big beard to bald with a Fu Manchu. Yeah. <laughs> and people still, like there was guys on the crew and gals. Yeah who are on the crew in season one, who are looking at me in season two going, you look like that guy that was on season one. Yeah, I'm like, brother. I was. You fight for this club. You kill for this club. And you die for this club. And it also means that when called upon, you take a little burn on the hand and you keep the clubhouse fridge full of beer. Uh, and then also last night, or I saw um, a movie you're in, and the character is crazy, Steve. It's, uh, it's called Stegman is Dead, yeah. and you play like this, uh, I guess, hitman? I don't know yeah. if it's a hitman, but, but it was uh, like, you, it was you like... basically kill everyone you see. Yeah. <laughs> the experience was great? Oh, fantastic. We had just had so much fun on that set, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Like, it, like, there was a scene where I'm smashing a toilet with a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this, but I only had two toilets. What's and, <laughs> and the first one I smashed, I wasn't supposed to smash it yet. They didn't even have a camera on it. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. And, like, I was trying to be really careful, but I said to somebody beside me, is this the smash scene? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. I go, so I can smash it? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was not the guy to ask. No. <laughs> All I heard when a sledgehammer went is just... Like when a set goes completely silent, yeah, and you're like, uh, uh, and then you hear somebody on the other side that's watching the feed, and they're going, "Did he smash the toilet?" Because they can't see it because it's not on camera, but they heard it. Yeah, for and I'm sure. like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> but I didn't want to squeal on this guy, and I went, 
I just got excited. Yeah. And this guy's looking at me like, oh, thanks, man. Exactly. Because he's good. He, he was he thought he was gonna get fired. It's kind of one for all on yeah. the set, right? And then then we did smash the the one toilet left, mm-hmm. and oh man, I asked everybody. Okay. <laughs> this is I'm smashing it right yeah. I'm smashing it I'm pointing to everybody and everybody's nodding I'm like and they're like can we get I'm like nope yeah. everybody camera on it <laughs> right it's our only toilet was there any uh, film or character you Fear did? X Fear X it's a Winnipeg or yeah. Manitoba production yeah Fear X playing opposite John Turturro playing John Turturro's best friend mm-hmm. I had done lots of things before then yeah. but I still didn't have a ton of faith in myself yeah but I was a huge fan of his. And then when I got the role, playing his best friend, I thought, oh my God. And our first scene was on a Monday, and then we weren't gonna shoot the other five or six scenes for like another week. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be purposefully set up that if he and I didn't have chemistry, they could oh, fire me, gone. recast me, and Wow. So we did that first day, and we had chemistry right from the get-go. And when I, when I finished that show, I was like, okay, I'm an actor. Because yeah. he took time and just went, you know, he gave me praise. and Yeah. You know, and I was also the first uh, thing my son did, Graham. Graham's in it too? Yeah. He was no like way. three years old. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. That's and amazing. they brought him, like, he played one of, Sharon Bajor, uh played my uh, gal in this. So, anyways, one of the kids, John Turturro comes up, and it's supposed to be a simple scene. Yeah. But, like, every time he pulls up, Graham's out there with a couple other kids playing around. and But for whatever reason, John Turturro would go, Graham! And he'd go, hey! And the two of them would start yapping. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not in the scene. I'm way over there, and I hear our first AD, Ronaldo, go, Steve McTag, come here and tell your kids shut up. <laughs> There's only one person but, who can do it. Yeah, but he was like, uh, he had his own trailer, you nice. know, and he was like, can I go, anything you want, son. They're, they're, they're here for you. Yeah. He goes, apple juice? <laughs> and, and, like the third AD runs out, gets him some apple juice. And he was like, but he was great. Yeah. And that started. And, he, you know, he's done lots of things. I was just going to ask, because he, yeah. he still does films. Uh, he's still or? thinking about it. He's still, you know, um, he's finishing a science degree. So oh, that's taking fuck. priority yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. You, but, can't, like, you can't knock science off the no, show. No, but he did like, you know, there's the, I'll never forget the scene in The Plague where, you know, Gene Pierce is the crazy minister and Graham snapped his neck. Oh God! Really? And he was five, I think, five or six, <laughs> and he's on the cover of the the DVD. Really? Yeah. Like God, I have not seen him. Is no punk. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. Like, yeah. All right, Steve. Yeah. Let's do the money shot. Okay. Have you ever had a money shot? Nope. Okay, good. Because <laughs> yeah, I want you to be. The, I'd be a skier to it. You should be because yeah. uh, this is something that uh, I like to end the show with. It's okay. uh, one hundred questions coming rapid fast. In your face, 100 questions, okay. and uh, 90% have to be right, and I throw that in there just so you can't just yell out any random right. thing, you I know? I just can't see him keep saying red? No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, can't yeah, say yeah. red uh, unless it, you know, applies unless, to the question, and right. they're easy questions. Okay. This isn't rocket science. Okay. It's, it's this or that, but it's like, name of this. Okay, but like, it's five minutes. It's five minutes. You have to so complete 100 questions. 100. Let's fire away. All right, he's ready. He's set. Yeah. Tonight's money shot for Stephen Eric McIntyre is... $16.66. And hey, check out my new show, Broke Ass Satan, on Facebook Live. Name a cop TV show. Uh, Blue something. (laughs) What can you buy at a farmer's market? Uh, pickles. Name a good Adam Sandler film. Uh, a good one. The hockey one. The hockey one. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Name a country song. Oh, Lonesome. Lonesome Me. Okay, credit or debit? Oh, debit. Okay, what goes bang? Me. What hangs from the ceiling? Uh, lights. How many uh, watches do you own? None. 
Uh, do you watch the TV show The Entourage? Have you watched it? Yes, every episode. Name a compact disc you've owned. Uh, John Prime Greatest Hits. Favorite time of day? Uh, morning. Favorite day of the week? Monday. Favorite month of the year? July. Best year ever? 1967. Woo! Have you been in a helicopter? No. Uh, name a movie title that's just a year. Oh, uh, 1981. Red, yellow, and blank? Blue. Red, white, and blank? Blue. Red, blue, and blank? Yellow. <laughs> what can you buy for under a dollar? Uh, gum. What can you buy for over a thousand dollars? Uh, car. Name a Brady. Marsha. Do you like beards? Yes. How many scissors are in your house? One. Name a brand of shampoo. Uh, Trace me. What do you put in your pancakes? Sir. Eggs or not eggs? No eggs. Have you been to Hollywood? No. Uh, name a superhero with no cape. Oh, uh... Yeah, Spider-Man. Nice. Uh, do you bite your nails? No. Uh, uh, do you own snowshoes? No. Do you take vitamins? No. Name, name a movie director. Doug Lyman. Name a judge on a reality show. Uh, judge Judy. <laughs> Very good. Favorite comedian, male? Uh, Chris Rock. Favorite comedian, female? Uh, oh, uh, Sarah Silverman. Do you like math? Yes. Have you been inside the Statue of Liberty? No. Have you been inside the CN Tower? Yes. Do you have a gym membership? No. Best ingredient in a sandwich? Beef. Best restaurant you've ate at? Uh, last. Last restaurant you've oh, ate at? the last one. Yeah. Uh, Garwood Grill. Have you ordered uh, KFC in the last year? No. Name a Canadian lake? Uh, Mississauga. Bre breakfast cereal you hate? Uh, puff wheat. Favorite toy as a child? Oh, Tonka. Uh, favorite, uh, I'm sorry, name a fictional character. Any fictional character. Oh, Harry Potter. SCTV or Kids in the Hall? SCTV. Have you eaten lobster in the last year? No. Uh, what's your toothpaste? Crest. Uh, uh, name a Bob Dylan song. Uh, blown in the wind. Name a horror film. Uh... Dog. Dog horror. Cujo, maybe? Have Cujo. You, have, you, have you ever had a pet bird? No. Uh, name a spaceship. Oh, uh, Enterprise. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, Fallon. Name a Winnipeg bar. Uh, Toad. Name a brand of whiskey. Uh, tell them where to do. Uh, can you skate backwards? Yes. Uh, name a local news broadcaster, anchor. Oh, uh, Marjorie Gillis. Name a business downtown. <laughs> Any business downtown? Uh, public safety building. <laughs> UMF, UMFM or CKUW? Uh, CKUW and UMFM. Nice. Name a Canadian rapper. Uh, oh, fuck. What's that guy? He was so much fun. <laughs> he was fun. He was fun. He was, he was Jamaican sounding. And... Snow! Snow, yeah. Uh, what gift do you buy mom uh, for Mother's Day? Uh, bail. Uh, do you carry hand sanitizer? No. What kind of muffin would you order? One minute. Never. Uh, have you hitchhiked? Yes. Uh, have you picked up a hitchhiker? Yes. What do you put in a What do you put in a box? Uh, keepsakes. Do you know what a diva cup is? No. Hmm, me neither. What's your <laughs> What's your first What's your favorite fruit? Apple. Have you ever walked a cat? Y no. Do you like going to the beach? Yes. Uh, uh favorite video game? Thirty seconds. Uh. Uh. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot, shoot, shoot. I don't play video games. Okay, well, second favorite video game is the next <laughs> one. Uh, uh, I don't play them. All right, okay. I'll Never have. Uh, most amount, most one gambling. Amount most? A thousand dollars. A thousand. Name something with a skull. Me. F uh, five seconds. Name a Winnipeg movie theater. Uh, Odeon. Can you <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's it. Excellent. That was fun. Oh man, we got uh, seventy-five. No way. Seventy-five. No I way. swear to God. I swear to God. And wow. it was it was kind of like right out of the gate. The first four were stumblers. Yeah. Excellent uh, job, Stephen. Excellent. It's been so great. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. This uh, was so much fun. This is a part we do. We do the social media. You, right. you do social media. The social media. The internet. Yeah. Is I that your is that your bag? Facebook is all I do. Facebook. You yeah. have a Facebook page. Uh, not a page. I have. Uh, 
you know, 4,800 friends. Oh, yeah, So nice. any knucklehead who catches this now. So it's your yeah, own personal account. I got account. 200 more. Yeah. And then I'm cut off, so <laughs> get in while the getting's good. <laughs> I'll comment on your stuff. Right. I'll like your stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll send hearts to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Get your mom involved in yeah, Steve's page. Exactly. Is what say it. And, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right Thank on. you, Steve. Yeah. Let's have a few beers. Yeah. Okay. Later.